fake, fake, fakety fake. Hi, I'm Jody. I'm Caitlin. And welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News, and then talk about becoming one with the Borg with my friend Caitlin. Ah, the singularity. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Caitlin? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I'm, I'm ready to be downloaded and then re-uploaded into another body so I can escape the pain I am currently existing with. <laughs> I, I ate a hot pepper today, so it's, uh, it's a ton of fun. I could talk about it later in the show, though. <laughs> Why I ate the hot pepper? No reason. Just ate a hot pepper. Is it actually physically possible for us to become one with machine? Like right now, with the technology we have? You should save that for later. Because this okay. is... <laughs> <We can laughs> Ask me that again later. Remember it? And we'll get and back to it. If you're just to download memories into a machine, is the machine you? Are you really one with the machine? Are you just really a collection of memories? These are the questions I have. And they're going to be very relevant for today's show. Oh, fun. So, <laughs> now I'm going to hand it off to Caitlin to shout out our patrons. Okay, we would like to thank Richard, Durka, Darren, Sarah, Ryan, and Tim. You are our Laurentian elite. You're talking about the Laurentian elites? Folding from Laurentian elites. Canada's Laurentian elite. We would also like to thank Vino, Nate, and Nicholas, who are foreign-funded environmentalists. What's your message to world leaders today? Uh, my message is that we'll be watching you. How dare you? Lastly, and most importantly, because he has paid for that honor, we would like to thank Ken, who is less annoying than Joel's interrupting cell phone. And had to basically start from scratch. He start from scratch. And that's crazy. He start from scratch. Testosterone flowing. He start from scratch. And that's crazy. Cray, cray, cray. Homeless people in LA have smartphones. Thank you so much for your support. If you would also like a shout out, please donate at patreon.com slash imperial news. And now the imperial roundup. <laughs> Hello, my rebels. Hello, my rebels. I'm a good boy. I'm a weirdo. This is what happened on The Rebel from August 31st to September 4th. Given his interview last Friday with climate denier and heterosexual AIDS mither Mark Morano, Ezra continues to claim that COVID is a hoax, just like global warming. Ezra and Morano's conspiracy is that global warming is a plot to destroy the economy, but since it had not gained much traction, the same conspiracy of global warming hoaxers switch to COVID in order to finally get what they wanted, a decimated economy. No evidence is made for this grand conspiracy, except for a tweet by Greta Thunberg, where she wonders if she might have COVID. Somehow that's related, but I'm not sure why. How dare you? Ezra has a man named Marin Poles document a large anti-lockdown protest in Berlin. 
Most of the conversation between Ezra and Merlin is mocking leftists for calling the protesters Nazis. It is probably a stretch to say that all activists are part of far-right organizations, but a large portion of the crowd was made up of far-right groups flying far-right flags, who eventually tried to symbolically storm the Reichstag. If your protest is aligned with Nazis or the Nazi-adjacent, what does that really say about your protest? As evidence that the Berlin protests were not full of Nazis, Ezra plays a clip of Robert, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who spoke at the event. It is never mentioned that RFK Jr. has a history of being an anti-vaxxer and how he was willing to work with Donald Trump to push his anti-vaccine agenda. But again, if your anti-vaccine agenda allows you to overlook the presence of Nazis at your event, then you're probably not a good ally in the struggle against Nazis. Ezra spends more time covering what he perceives as the overly harsh implementation of COVID lockdown policies. He again only covers white families who have been targeted for not wearing masks or other concerns. Ezra has not highlighted the Javon case in PEI, where an international student has been in jail since July 17th. Hashtag free Javon. In his ongoing fight against Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown, David Menzies is detained by the police. Mr. Brown? This puts Ezra into overdrive as he yells at the officers to release the menzoid. Is he under arrest? Well, then don't touch him. Don't touch him. Take your hand off him. Take your hand on That's assault. That's assault. That's assault. That's assault. That's assault. Are you wanting to leave then? Arrest him or go away. You said that there's two options. Arrest him or go away, mate. Just okay. arrest him. Okay, I'll arrest, arrest him you or go for away. DPA, then. Okay, let's yeah. Strange that Ezra is willing to confront the police officers and disobey their commands when they are targeting him or his staff. What is this? Are you guys kidding me? Uh, sounds like they should be defunded, if you ask me. In response to the menzoid's detention, Ezra points out how media are not covering his obvious abuse of freedom of the press. However, not only have the media not covered the arrest of David Menzies, but even the rebel has not spent any time on the arrest of indigenous journalist Carl Duxtater, who was arrested while covering the Six Nations land back action near Caledonia. It is almost as if Ezra doesn't actually care about press freedom. He just wants the publicity derived from sending the menzoid to be attacked by the police, which is steadily becoming a reoccurring theme on our podcast. David Menzies deserves hazard pay, probably. <laughs> when he got hit by the, the conservative campaign bus, he's been arrested like several times. Yeah, they should unionize. <laughs> it is Labor Day. And that is the week. I have to say, before we move on, this Maryland polls yeah. did like a TED talk that got like tons of views. Yeah. He's got like a whole YouTube channel. Yikes. He's from the Netherlands, right? He's Dutch. So I didn't, I didn't know that, but they, the rebel hired him to go cover this German protest. He does like, he's a, I don't know the word, someone who films documentaries, like the specific title. He's got like a YouTube channel, everything. It's kind of terrifying. I guess, like, have you watched any of it or did you just Google his name? Yeah. I watched his TED Talk. And what was it it's about? about? It's about giving the voice to like 
impoverished people. That's so weird. So he like went to somewhere in Africa and he filmed like people that were in like absolute poverty and was trying to give voice to these people. And then apparently it did really well. Like he's got a bunch of movies too. If you look him up. That is so weird. He sounded pretty far right when he was on uh, Ezra's show. And it was clear that Ezra had specifically hired him to cover this event. So, Although some people were saying that, like, if you look at the YouTube comments about some of his things, some of them were saying that um, he's lately been very supportive of the right. Because I was just like, right when I saw the name, I was like, I know who this is. And then I Googled it and then was like, yeah, this is this guy. And like, anyways, just thought I'd mention that because I thought that was kind of odd. No, that that is kind of odd. I'm now like curious to look uh, look more into him because that's the. I don't want to just like state off the cuff like what he's done, but like it seems. I I wonder too if then some of his like African stuff, if it's like white savior stuff, uh, like how legit he was or whatnot. Like I'm curious now. Seems weird for him to be able to go from that to to not only support a support a anti COVID measures protest and also uh to work with fascists covering up the fact that fascists were at this protest because that's basically what he was doing on the show with uh ezra he was there to say that he was there to say that these these protests really aren't far right at all they're open for everyone but it was clear when you look at some of the videos these people were flying flags that uh were the flags that the Nazis used to fly before they officially came out with the swastika. So No, like, I know. So, so he did release uh so this I okay, so yeah, I think his stuff over time has become a little more political cuz it was more I wouldn't say political, but more like anthropological. It was earlier stuff and this TED Talk is old, but he recently his most thing is called Paradogma. Okay. And then the okay, it's Dutch though. It's a Dutch documentary, and it's called "A Personal Journey: Why True Liberty Needs Heretics." So it says people who dare to question important themes today are often silenced and labeled oh, as suspicious. Where once democracies valued and encouraged debate, society is dividing itself with stark lines between the left, the right, the good, or the bad. This is why this is what Dutch documentary maker Marlon Pols experiences in Paradogma. What is this strangling debate? How liberal is the West? Should we ignore or embrace other perspectives? A critical thought-provoking journey through ancient tribal conflicts in a new era, era wherein worldviews clash and free speech crumbles under the pressure to conform. Jesus Christ. This is the free speech grift. This is the same, yeah. it's the same shtick. So I think this is like, you know, he's like the type of person who's like almost what's her... J.K. Rowling kind of free speech. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Because then he has, like, other things. Like, he's got another documentary, The Voice of 650 Million Toes. This is the one that I was thinking of. And it's all about, like, the struggle of, like, AIDS. Of AIDS? And dis- other, of AIDS and other disabilities in developing country and giving voice to what it's like. I wonder if... Uh... Marin ended up watching last week's Rebel when 
uh, Ezra had uh, Mark Morano on to say that there's a myth called heterosexual AIDS. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because like that was the one he spoke about uh, his um, his TED talk because he went to Africa and documented. No, that's fascinating. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Now I'm like weird. I was just like, this is another, uh, just some random crank from Germany. Anyways, from one, one bizarre character to another, on September 1st, Ezra has on a guest named Rocco Gelati, who has filed a lawsuit against the government of Canada regarding the lockdowns during COVID-19. As far as I can tell, his main claim to fame was a lawsuit brought against Stephen Harper over one of uh, Harper's Supreme Court picks. It had something to do with the fact like you have to have a certain number of people on the Supreme Court from certain regions. And so Harper had to pick someone from Quebec, according to Gelati or something. Anyways, I didn't think it was that important, but that's sort of like his claim to fame. However, okay. recently he seems to be full on into conspiracy territory now. So there's like... It's weird because his online presence sort of goes away after the Harper case and now has like come back again. And he's so, for example, his Twitter account, he's he calls everything, every single clip you find where like people are being asked to wear masks and stuff. He calls it the Fourth Reich. So <laughs> he has like clips of like Melbourne, uh, Melbourne, Australia where he, he, you see people being asked to, to please put on their masks, and it's like, it's the Fourth Reich! Oh my god. <laughs> He's also compared to New Zealand's handling of the pandemic to Nazi Germany. That and he's working, the lawsuit is on the behalf of a group in Canada who's an anti-vaccine group called Vaccine Choice Canada. And okay. It's weird because like we don't have a vaccine yet. But it seems like this vaccine choice group, this vaccine choice group seems really upset by the fact that we're not given the choice whether or not to wear masks. And that, I think, is the sort of like thrust of this lawsuit. And Ezra gives the entire episode to this guy. So it's not just because usually Ezra does uh, an intro segment where he talks by himself. He does like a monologue about a certain subject. And then the second half is usually where he interviews someone. And by interview, I mean they just chit-chat about how the right is always correct and everyone else is bad. But yeah. he gave the entire show to this guy. Now, okay. the case itself isn't that interesting. Like, the most, the most interesting about it is he may have a, a point, but I don't know to what extent he has a point, about issues with people with disabilities who... Uh, wearing a mask might interfere with their day-to-day -day lives and like working that out. And from my under my sort of like basic understanding, I think the government is like has exemptions for that and it's running fairly smoothly, as smoothly I think as it could during a global pandemic. Yeah. But apparently this makes the law unconstitutional. That seems to be like the thrust of his argument. But it goes from that to them start talking about other stuff. And so he does claim to be an anarchist. That was his response to Ezra. He's like, I'm an anarchist. And then he goes on to say he's a libertarian, which I guess is a kind of anarchist, but is not the kind of anarchist I'm usually a friend with. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the sort of like Ayn Rand 
side of the the anarchist spectrum is not one that uh, I think is good because usually that means this is someone who believes that the free market, like you can sell yourself into slavery because why not? You should have ultimate freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to say on this point, when he's talking about his political leanings, his, his, he says his main worry about this policy is that it's like Soviet Russia and communist China. But then he, he literally says this is Soviet Chinese communist fascism. <laughs> They turn people into informants and snitches against each other, scolds. And instead of having a natural neighborhood, hey, shopkeeper, how you doing? Hey, nice to see you again. Hey, what's up? Conversation. And why have we seen this before, Ezra? Well, if you're... Soviet Union? Yeah. I lived in China off and off with my first wife for five years. This is Soviet, Chinese, communist, fascism. Somebody... There's no word. Yeah. <laughs> uh... It's it is it really is that sort of like Dinesh D'Souza thing where it's like trying the left is are the real fascists you know so, so silly it's just as ridiculous as when Jordan Peterson says cultural Marxist yeah I mean like they're just buzzwords like I mean like this whole this whole week yeah. about like trying to distance themselves from Nazis while they go to a protest where nazis are there but not to say like they're all this all the bad guys right communist fascism we're just we're just all the good things and all the bad things are like to the side meanwhile yeah. they're justifying killing people to save the economy yeah they then go on to talk about bill gates and i was hoping that this would be an opportunity to talk about some of the conspiracy theories surrounding bill gates but they don't go into too much detail and it gets really weird really fast. So he talks about this thing called Event 201. And I don't know what that is. And he says, I think the framing of what Event 201 is supposed to be, according to Gelada, is that uh, Bill Gates is creating the va- are creating COVID so that he can like manipulate the government in some capacity to control us all. <laughs> And I'm not quite sure how that works. They, because like part of like the difficulty in covering this with Ezra is I still, Ezra shifts so much that it's hard for me to, to gather whether Ezra actually thinks this thing is completely made up now or whether he thinks that it's real, it's just not as bad as it was supposed to be. And he doesn't really land on it. He just now lets people speak as if and like like so when you listen to gelada it's clear from him that the covid isn't real it's just all uh, a scam created by these groups to sort of control us so gelada himself brings up the rockefeller center so again now you have the kind of like anti-jewish conspiracy theories starting to to come in and The idea here is that he claims that there's some report written by the Rockefeller Center years before any of this virus happened, where they said in Wuhan they were going to create a virus and then use the virus leaking from Wuhan to then control people, to Hmm. initiate like government controls. And I can't, I tried looking this up (laughs) and like, 
there's for one there's too many conspiracy theories having to do with the rockefellers that i can't tell like if this is the one he's referring to but i can't find this specific report that he's he's saying exists which is the thing when i'm going through a lot of this i can't find any of the things that he's saying and i don't know if it's just because like gelata himself has been reading a ton of like conspiracy stuff and then just has memorized aspects of it incorrectly such that when he retells it to ezra i have no clue what he's talking about <laughs> so there's the rockefeller thing and then and then he says this is the plan of the globalists and they want to microchip all of us oh i heard that yeah. but it goes a bit further he says at mcgill university in montreal there's a project called Human 2.0 where they're going to merge AI with humans. And this has been in the planning for decades. <laughs> it says, what are the best options to use the human body as an information platform? They're talking about a merger of AI and electronics and robotics and the human body. So, you know, eight weeks ago, it was a conspiracy theory. Now it's out in the open. And what, did they just develop this in eight weeks? No, this has been in the planning for decades. And the thing is, when you censor critics... And my favorite part is Ezra just ignores it, moves on. <laughs> and I want to be like, I have so many questions. <laughs> I, I, I want to know when we're merging with the AI. <laughs> but how are we going to merge with the AI? Well, here's the thing. And uh, if I had more time, I should have brought on my friend who's a uh, works in the field of neuroscience. But like, we're not we're nowhere near with our current level of technology to do the kind of things that these people are worried about. So recently you had this thing called Neuralink, which was put forward by Elon Musk, I think. Okay. And from my, my brief understanding is they were able to stick like an electrode in the, a pig's neural network and they could record what the pig's brain or they could record a few neurons and how they were uh, acting within the pig's brain. And somehow people go from this to then say, we're going to be like recording human thought and storing it online <laughs> and we're going to upload consciousness and we're going to merge with the robots and recording a few neurons is not the same as like being able to download the trillions of neurons we have in our brain. <laughs> nowhere near it but, yeah that's because people don't people don't know right they don't understand the complexities of it yeah I mean, that was one of the my fields of interest when I was doing my uh, PhD in philosophy. I started with a focus of philosophy of mind and consciousness. And it was even fascinating there because you have a lot of people outside of the field. Whenever I would tell people I'm working on consciousness, they would be like, whoa, are you like robots, man? And eventually we're going to read our thoughts. And like everyone has this like, super far advanced view of like our understanding of the mind and like with me with just my limited background i'm like that's like 100 200 years away like we're nowhere <laughs> we do not have like the kind of technology you would need to do that kind of stuff like going forward yeah it's not west world no but you had what were Although your questions you had deep philosophical questions at the beginning of the show yeah i guess one of them is even if you were to like 
like how and what ways would you be able to even merge with AI? And if you were, is that even you? Well, if you ask the philosopher, my argument is that there is no you. <laughs> the you is just a a collection of neurons. So it's like, are you any less you if I take one or two neurons away? Or do you remain you? And so I don't know. My argument is that the you is what's called a narrative fiction. So if anyone's interested in Daniel Dennett, that's where that that's where it comes from. It's a bit confusing, but it's the idea of like it doesn't make sense for me to think of you as just a series of neurons in your brain. It makes you're just Caitlin and I can talk to you and interact with you. But at the end of the day, it's it's like a what is it? It's called a sorority sor, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. Sororities paradox. The idea is uh at what point does uh an amount of grains of sand become a heap? Right? So if I put like okay, a yeah. few drops of sand there's still just a few grains of sand, but eventually it becomes a heap of sand. But there's no like point where you can draw the line and say, you went from grains of sand to now it's a heap, right? And the similar yeah. thing with you, it's like, I can just keep taking away your neurons. At what point do you stop being you? I don't know if there's an answer to that. There's no fine line to draw there. Yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of movies about AI where you just like upload memories and experiences. And I guess the argument is that you are just really a collection of different experiences. Yeah. I think eventually one day that will be able to happen if, if we're able to match uh, technology as it increases. Uh, but then I'm, but, uh, then I'm not really physically feeling what that cyborg is feeling. That cyborg just has, my thoughts so well so this is like the teleporter problem so uh, do you know so you know in star trek when they like you're standing here and then like i turn on the teleport and you dematerialize and then you materialize elsewhere and so the question is is like did it like kill you and respawn you in the other spot or like did you right so here's the thing what if it actually didn't kill you and it just responded a duplicate of you over there? Now, the thing is, you if you're the person who remains at the original transporter, you're not having the same thinking, feeling experiences as the copy of you over here. So now... Exactly. You, but here's the thing is, it's not... The thing is, it's hard for us to conceptualize these things because we aren't just splitting like this. But what you have there is you have a divergence. So now you're two different people. It's not you. It's just like you were the same person from birth to the moment of the split. And then after the split, you're now two different people. Yeah. Yeah. That's. But shouldn't that be easy to understand? <laughs> so here's no, the thing. I any, Anytime you take any of the like the material from your brain and copy it onto a thing, I mean, like it gets interesting too. If you have, I think people get too caught up in like timelines. So say it's like, say I store my memories right now and I like upload all my neurons into a computer and it's now saving my memory, and then I go out and I get hit by a car and I die. So then they take my memories that are stored and shove it back in a body like mine and like reboot it. 
Now, I won't have the memories from when I saved that to when I got hit by the car. But to me, it's like, am I a different person? I just think that that, that doesn't make any sense. Because there is no, like, there is no essential personhood that is me that, like, died at the car crash. Yeah, but the thing that is getting your memories is not you because you're not actually experiencing that anymore. You're dead. Yeah, You've gone into the abyss, the nothingness. But this is the trick. Sorry for, for religious. <laughs> there is no you that's experiencing anything because you are not a thing that exists. <laughs> You are just a collection of, of neurons. You're a, you're a fiction. Yeah, that's true. But I don't like thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Those are the things I try to avoid thinking about, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> that cause me not to sleep for nights on end. Uh, see, this is... I, I, I loved uh, doing that kind of stuff. And so I wanted to talk about that for fun because... Where else do you go with this guy? <laughs> Human 2.0, we're merging with the machines. And like, I wanted like the next level, the next thing I wanted him to go to was explain why the merging with the machines is a negative. And he doesn't oh, explain. I'm just, I'm just about to say, why is that such a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> we I mean, if he's, like a, if he's like a religious fanatic, which if he's claiming he's an anarchist, that I don't, think he would be yeah i mean libertarians argument you could like you'd make the argument that you're you know doing god's work and things like that and you're you're playing around with human nature but i don't know i think it's just more so that people get freaked out by the idea of technology yeah it's hard to say yeah no there's like a lot of times where people just hear like all these tech advance like my father does this a lot he goes oh look at everyone everyone's on their phones no one's being social but if you actually look at what people are doing on their phones they're they're being fucking social on their phones they're just not doing it in person and not to say that there isn't issues that come with like the rise of social media and growing up and with um cell phones and well i was gonna go a little broader than that like communication technology, things like that. Every generation that has had a new media has had people that write, write against it. Like even, uh, I think it was uh, Socrates who was an oral speaker in the, in the times of Greece, hated books. He thought books were going to allow our brains to atrophy because we were no longer memorizing oral tales and we were letting our brains go to waste, right? <laughs> and now we think like when tv came around and everyone's like no one's reading books anymore and our brains are gonna go to waste <laughs> yeah another thing too that's interesting is like there's already so many people that already have like machinery with them on them integrated with them so i don't really understand why people are so hesitant of this like what the heck's a pacemaker this is this my argument is is mine as well it's like I'm so reliant on my cell phone now that I've, it's like we, our bodies have, have, it's, it's been incorporated into my body schema sometimes, you know, which is why sometimes yeah. I feel phantom vibrations and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever experienced that where you think your phone's buzzing yeah. and then it's not? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 we've um, incorporated these things into our body schema. We're already merging with machines. The only difference is the cell phone is outside of my body. It's not inside of it yet. 
but there is things that are already inside of your body. Like you can get like a hip replacement. Yep. You could get, you know, you can, you can get steel plates put inside of you because you shattered something. Well, you know what? The next time you shatter your hip, Bill Gates is going to implement his AI machinery inside of you. (laughs) I think people think it's like a control thing. Like they're going, I don't know. I think this is when people watch too many sci-fi movies and then think that's happening in real life. So it's like Bill Gates disseminates all the AI control thing. Everyone gets the chip and then there's like a little switch that Bill Gates can flip. And now we're all under (laughs) his control. Yeah. And then yeah. only the Luddites who like hid in the woods and prevented from getting vaccinated or microchipped are going to come out and like save the day by fighting all the robots and killing uh, Bill Gates. Yeah, you got it. Should write this movie. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty straightforward, Jody. So I'll end the segment. Uh, he, he basically ended his sort of like whole thing by saying, uh, well, for one, Ezra is trying to defend him after he does this whole thing by saying, it's not really a conspiracy theorist when you think about it. And then uh, Gelada comes out by saying, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy analyst. And he goes, Cons- okay. so he then goes, the word conspiracy theory itself is a conspiracy theory created by the U.S. government, the CIA, to cover up the JFK and the MLK assassination. So it's a propaganda tool. There are no conspiracy theories. It's just a way for the government to control you, man. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So to end, Ezra has clearly shifted since this pandemic started. At the beginning, he was worried he didn't think the government was working fast enough to shut the borders down or to mandate masks. And he seemed at least accepting of a short-term lockdown response, although he was quick to recommend uh, sending the kids back into the economy. However, now he seems to be anti-mask, anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine, and a COVID hoaxer, even going so far as to let a guest on who is talking about government mind control merging us with AI as a globalist pot a globalist plot funded by the Rockefellers. I often wonder how much of this is Ezra's actual belief or whether he's opportunistically launching or latching onto the current conservative grift. At the beginning of this, he was a big uh, anti-Chinese guy. Now he seems to be full-on QAnon anti-vaxxer as that movement seems to be gaining speed. Whether he believes it or not, Ezra is playing a dangerous game here. We're about to start sending kids to school, and I worry that this growing trend of right-wing activists not taking this very seriously, combined with an opening economy and kids going back to school, is going to see a second wave of this already devastating virus. I hope I am wrong. I hope so, too. And please continue to wear your masks. Stay alert. Stay safe. And this is my brother, Bert. Hi, we're here to help you stay alert and stay safe. Yeah, so follow along. Watch out, beware. Things aren't always as they seem. We'll show you what you need. Keep your radar working. Stay alert. Stay safe. So what day is it today, Caitlin? It's Labor Day. You like unions, right? 
Oh, yes, I do. Do you want to stare our audience dead in the eyes and tell them to join a union? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's an audio uh, medium, but you can you can glare really hard. <laughs> oh, I am glaring. Um, yeah, join a union. Unionize your workplaces. Eat yeah. the rich. <laughs> so just uh, to some as well, uh, we've already mentioned on, on the show before, but Caitlin and I both worked for our union. Caitlin was the union president. I worked communications. It was a fun time. I think you're on the bargaining team now. Are you bargaining? Yes, I'm forever in this union and forever doing work for this union because I love it. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I was the president of PSAC, Local 610, from 2018 to 2019. Um, then after that, I got too busy with my PhD, so I ended up doing things like um, just the steward position. I've been doing that for like the last year and a bit now. And now I'm on the bargaining team because we're going into bargaining really, really, really soon. Um, and it's going to be very interesting because of Bill 124. It's Bill 124, right? I can't remember the which one it is. There's, yeah. I mean, they should give the bills like names so that they're more rather than numbers. <laughs> so that you can remember well, what the bills it's called Protecting a Sustainable Public Sector for Future Generations Act. Well, I, yeah, and that was clearly named by... It's uh, 124. Yeah, yeah. If Protecting a Sustainable Public Sector for Future Generations <laughs> by making them be in poverty because that's where our wages are at. Yep. Good old Dougie Ford. Could you imagine having that title? Like, that's that shouldn't be allowed. They should have to rename that title at least. Yeah. I mean, like, I, it was funny when I said like they need to move away from the number system because then I'm just like, oh, yeah. Then they name it things that are clear lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that number system's not working. Yeah, Bill 124. Um, but regardless of the barriers of the public sector, all you private sector folks can unionize and bargain for higher wages, as much wage increases as you want. Don't settle. And if you do that, we will stand in solidarity with you. So, Absolutely. I also want to mention that I had a live stream earlier today, and we posted it on our Twitch channel. You can go check that out. I think the Twitch link is on our Twitter account. Uh, me and patron of the show, Vienno, ate a Carolina Reaper. A person who grew it was Ryan, who's also a patron, and... Uh, we melted our faces off. It was it was pretty bad. So if you want to see me torture myself <laughs> in the in honor of Labor Day, there was no real reason to do it. It was kind of like we had the pepper. Patron Ryan grew it and was like, "Do you want it?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not? I'll eat this thing." And uh, then we decided to record it because why not? And it just so happened to be Labor Day, so we had a celebration of labor by eating something and causing us pain. So and I'll end with saying, just unionize, do it. You could do it, right, Caitlin? Absolutely. Well, if you could do it, so can they. Get on it. I can do it. Yeah. 
If you enjoyed what you heard so far, please give us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash imperial news. If you want to stay informed about what we're doing, you can also find us on Twitter at imperial news with a Z. We have a private Facebook group called Imperial News. We also have a Discord set up. You can find the link on our Twitter. Lastly, you can email us any questions at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. Special thanks to my friend Mason Tickle for the transition beats. You can find his work at striadam.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening, and may the government-implanted neural AI microchip guide you into our cultural Marxist postmodern future. Sounds great. Albumbia, Albumbia, how lovely are your wheat fields.